The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet is up According to me royalty didn't end with King Tut Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening the cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest things to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Yeah, yeah Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spence the King And it is the, it is the week after bye And now we are, it's home week We are facing Miami this week uh, so hopefully that means we have a lot of things to celebrate. Historically, so far, Josh Allen has owned the Miami Dolphins and they head into Western New York. And hopefully we can, um, you know, we can have a repeat of the last few times that we've seen them. We'll see. But what's going on, Bill's Mafia? What's up? It's been it's been um, it feels like a while. I, I did code of conduct last week, but then Joe and I didn't do the hump day hotline and then the chop up crew and I didn't do the chop up on Saturday. So it feels like it's been a long time, but man, um, I had a good, good recharging period there. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how things g- develop for the rest of the week, but I'm amped. I'm ready. I'm ready for tonight. I'm, I missed all y'all. I missed all y'all. Uh, let's, let's get right into it. It's a couple things. Uh, first that I observed from this past weekends activities or, or a full slate of games you know the bills weren't there there was a couple teams that were on bye week this was like the worst week to play fantasy football for most people but uh the bills were on bye so were some other contenders but 
we still got a chance to watch some good football over the weekend. And um, I'm going to tell you, I know I know. last week we took an L. We lost to the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. There was a lot of Bills fans that traveled for it, got soaked in the rain, came back, all types of stuff. Everybody was upset, right? I still think we're the best team in the AFC. And I know the Titans just beat the Chiefs just like we did a couple weeks ago. The eye test. The eye test will tell me that we're still the better team in the AFC. And I don't know how to start having these conversations without sounding like I'm arrogant or without sounding like, you know, there there was a couple fan bases throughout the years that I've been a Bills fan that I just, it, everybody has the fan base, their own particular fan base, which is like, I can't stand those guys. For me, for the most part of my life, it's been the New England Patriots fans um, as of late. It's been the Tennessee Titan fans and the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Um, and obviously Miami and, and New Jersey um, have had had their fair share of, I can't stand these guys. Uh, the Dallas Cowboy fans, let me just tell you how bad they've been for the longest. Now, I have a friend now. His name is Rick. He's been on the show once. Um, I'm sure I'll have him back on at some point. But he's pretty much like the only Cowboys fan that I can deal with. Uh, he's in the he's in the, a couple of my fantasy leagues as well. So we have a good he got season tickets to the Cardinals and stuff. So he's my dude. He's my dude. He's a good guy. But outside of outside of him, a lot of Cowboys fans are on my short list. Uh, but all that to say, I don't want to become the fan base. I don't want to be the fan that's now like, you know, I, I just don't have respect for the teams and I. But here's the deal. Is is I'm not trying to show disrespect to Tennessee. They beat us. They absolutely beat us. They um, you know, Derrick Henry manhandled the team for the most part. You know, there there were plays there that obviously could have gone a different way because of whatever. There are no excuses. We lost the game. So that's why I said the Tennessee Titans have beat the Bills. And so this is no disrespect to their fan base. This is no disrespect to the team. The team won. The Buffalo Bills lost. But I don't know, man. I've I've went back and I've watched that game so many times. And then, like I said, just watching the games Sunday, there were so many things that I saw that made me just say, man, the Bills are really the best team in the AFC. Now, it could be a bad matchup with the Titans because the Titans are super physical. They play a brand of football that I don't think the Bills or most teams in the league are used to seeing. So I think that plays into a little bit of why um, we weren't able to beat them we weren't able to beat them because we weren't successful in the red zone. So there are things that the Buffalo bills did last season that they're not doing well this year, but then there are things that they weren't doing well last year that they're doing better this year that I feel like the value of it, you know, um, they're, they're equally valued depending on, on what side of the coin you're on. Uh, but for instance, we weren't getting good pressure on the quarterback. We weren't sacking the quarterback. This year, we are. And because of that, we're leading the league or we're a league leader. I haven't checked it since the bye, um, but we're league leaders in, in uh, turnovers. We're league leaders in pressures and sacks and all that good stuff. Every statistic on the defensive side of the ball on that line, we're, we're there. We're doing it. But now you flip the side. You're on the offense. Last year, we were basically money in the red zone. Now we're starting off a little slow and and it's getting to the point in the season where it's no longer a start off. You know, it's starting to unfold the team. You're starting to be able to understand who teams are. We know teams identity now, you know, it's, it's, what was it? Week six, week seven now, you know, 
um, week eight going into this week. We're going into week eight. And now you're able to understand, no, this is a running team. This is a defensive team. Going into the season, you always have your thoughts. Okay, well, this is how the roster is built. This is how they played last year. This is what the coach typically is. This is what the team will look like. But last year, for instance, with the Buffalo Bills, nobody thought they were going to be an air and raid team. Like, literally, the Bills were out there just gunning it. Nobody expected that because up until last year, we didn't see Josh Allen perform on that level. So now we're seeing week eight. We're going into week eight. Now we're starting to see, okay, this is who the Bills are. You know, this is who the Kansas City Chiefs are. And first of all, they don't look good. This is who the Titans are. The Titans have been physical for the last few years. And, and it's just a brand of football that not many teams play. And it's, it's a brand of football that really um, is an is a endangered species. You know, we haven't seen this type of football from many teams for years. Now, granted, running attack, have, um, you have Baltimore. The Bills were this type of team when we had Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. We would run the ball like crazy with Shady. We weren't as physical because we didn't have Derrick Henry, but we were a running team, which made us a physical team. I still just don't see it, guys. <laughs> I still don't. I don't see it. The Buffalo Bills are. are um, we have to. We have to get better in the red zone. That's why we lost. We can blame it on Josh. I know a lot of people do. You know that last play there when he slipped. We can blame it on Sean McDermott and say, "Hey, he made the wrong choice." We can blame it on. You can blame it on so much. You can blame it on the referees with you know, uh, oh, the, the play that Henry, the seventy-something yard touchdown that he had, should have been called back. He was held. He was holding. They were holding Jordan Poyer. They were holding uh, whoever. Everybody was being held. That play. It looks like we can blame it on that stuff. But the fact is, the the game was won. And there's times where the other teams can say, "Hey, that was holding," or "That was this," and it didn't get caught. It's part of the game. It's been part of the game for for years, where referees miss calls or make calls that shouldn't be made. It's happened. So I'm at the point where I'm not gonna uh, cry about. The hold. I'm not going to cry about missed calls in, in whatever, whichever way. The Tennessee Titans are a good football team. I just can't get over the fact that I feel like the Bills are better. The Kansas City Chiefs do not look like the Kansas City Chiefs of the last five years. Patrick Mahomes does not look like Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not going to go as far as some of these other guys and say Patrick Mahomes has regressed and he's no longer, you know. Patrick Mahomes could pretty much figure it out, flip a switch, and then the rest of the season play phenomenally and still be in the playoffs. Still, you know, there's a lot that can happen this season. So I'm not going to be one of those guys to write off uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes. Not doing it. But I didn't see a lot from around the league that made me say, yeah, this is it. Now, granted, Cleveland, Baker Mayfield was injured. He didn't play. Um, but I tell you, I'm not scared of them in the AFC, even when Baker's healthy. I'm not scared of Pittsburgh. I'm not scared of, you know, I, I'm, I'm the teams that we're supposed to be scared of, according to the national media, I'm not scared of. Are you really scared of the Chargers? Now, I love their quarterback. They have a very, very, I love Justin Herbert. If I didn't have Josh Allen on my team and they said to me, hey, you can pick one guy from around the league to start your team, 
based on the type of offense you want, the kind of offense I want, give me Justin Herbert. I love Lamar. I've come out a lot publicly and said, like, I wanted to draft Lamar that year that we drafted Josh and blah, blah, blah. I love Lamar. You give me Justin Herbert. The way the league is going, I want success for a long time. And Justin Herbert has the arm. He has the mental capacity. He has everything that you need to have a a prolific, very, very good, high-powered offensive team. And that's what you're seeing out there. And you got two receivers that love to catch the ball and can do it very well. Mike Williams needs to stay healthy. Mike got to stay healthy. But man, they have a they have a team that can that can do some things. And that running attack, if that running attack can really get it figured out, Eckler, Eckler is Eckler's nice. Eckler's nice. But they I think they're similar to us where the running game still hasn't quite given them exactly what they what they need. Because the Buffalo Bills are Again, the best team in the AFC. The best team in the AFC. But if we could get Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to really come out here and look like RB1 and RB2, whichever, whoever you want to put in one and whoever you want to put in two, if we can get the production of one and two. (laughs) They played well a few weeks ago. They played well. This last game, not so much. Not so much. But I also understand... Our offensive line is is gelling. We made some changes again. Remember, you know, Cody Ford got benched. We brought in Spencer Spencer Brown. In last game, he looked like a rookie, and that's okay. It's absolutely okay to look like a rookie if you're a rookie. We have these expectations of these guys, and um, you know, and that's even going to me when I talk about Isaiah McKenzie and I talk about um, like now I'm about to talk about Devin Singletary. Look, the expectation might be greater than who the guys are. And that's okay. And it's not a negative thing. Some I, I talk about it with Tremaine Edmonds, where people have these expectations of him to be Ray Lewis and have these expectations of him to be these um, all pro Hall of Fame type linebackers. When in reality, it, it's not who he is. Uh, and, and that's not to say he can't become a Hall of Fame linebacker. Um, but the thing is, we don't need him to be Ray Lewis. So when you when you go back to the conversation of the Devin Singletary's and all that stuff, sometimes the expectation is we've been spoiled with a great running game for the better part of the drought and prior to the drought. You know, we had Thurman, but then after Thurman, you know, you got Travis Henry, you got uh, Sean McCoy and you got Marshawn Lynch and CJ Spiller. And, um, you know, the list goes on. We've had great running backs. Subpar quarterback play. Great running backs. So now you, you finally get the, the the passing attack to catch up to the running game. And it's like, man, if we just had Shady, man, if we just had. And that's no diss. Zach Moss is a very good back. Devin Singletary is a very good back. They're running the ball a lot more efficiently this year. I really don't have much to complain about, which is the, the funny part. We we nitpick the team because the team is just that damn good. We nitpick the team. I'm talking about special teams often. Um, to to this point, it really hasn't. Well, depending on who you talk to, special teams hasn't been a factor. I think it has. I think they contribute to both of our losses. Just run that back. Think about that. Week one, block punt. Pittsburgh scores a touchdown. This last game against Tennessee, granted, there's several things 
that could have happened that should have won the game for us. But we get a holding call on a potential touchdown for Isaiah McKenzie running the ball back. Special teams is a part of the game. And every week, week in and week out, I come on here and I come on, I'm on Twitter and I'm on guest shows and I'm doing all of these different things and I'm talking about how important special teams is. And everybody is yelling at me, Spence, you're crazy. You're crazy. We don't need it. Who cares? We got an offense that's like this. Both games that we have lost this season, we've had a big play on special teams that went the other team's way. Think about that when when you really want to talk about how important special teams are. Now, again, there's always factors. Week one, Josh didn't look like Josh. The team didn't look like the team. Still played great defense, but the offense just wasn't there. All I'm saying is we still had a chance to win that game. Game last, last week against the Titans, we still had a chance to win that game. But special teams play. Very, very important. Very, very important. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Look, it's real again. It's real again. My man Josh Allen is firmly, firmly in place uh, or firmly in the MVP race. Now, I I can't and I won't say he's first. I won't say he's third, second. Um, But I'm going to tell you, Josh is there. Josh is there Uh, through six games. My man has 65% completion percentage. 1,723 yards, seven and a half yards per attempt, 15 touchdowns and three interceptions. I'm going to just tell you, that's that's awfully impressive, man. That's awfully impressive. And, and last season, Joe, really this season is starting to kind of take off a little bit more. But last season, Joe started saying like, hey, man, this is why there's dreams land, man. I can't believe this is happening. Guess what, man? It's the second year in a row we're getting this from Josh. Josh is the real deal. We got him locked in for eight years. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going no place. We can be excited about this. Josh Allen is firmly in the MVP race. Now, there's a couple other people that I will put there. You know, if I was to, if I was to vote today, if I if I had a vote, I'm not. I don't. I'm not media like that. It's just a podcast. But one day I'm gonna graduate to that. I'm gonna have some voting rights. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna vote my man Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame if it's not done by then. But aside from that conversation, because I'm going to talk about that later, that needs to, I don't understand why we still have this issue with getting him in the Hall of Fame. Don't know. But as far as the MVP, if I had to, I'm at the moment I'm going Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is um, the things that, that he and uh, Cliff are doing out here in Phoenix. It's phenomenal, man. It's a, they're a great team. Last week I went out and I'm like, you know what? They're not the best team in football. The Bills are still the best. I can't even argue at this point. Now, yeah, they beat the Texans the same way the Bills did, so it's not about who they beat. They're undefeated. Kyler Murray looks all a bit better. Like, he he looks he looks as good as advertised, man. All the stuff that they said coming out of college that they thought he could be, he looks like it. He doesn't take big hits when he scrambles. He has the arm when he's on the move like Josh. Um, he's very elusive in the backfield. I go to these games. Like, I have season tickets, and I go to these games, and every single, every single game he does – he has two or three plays that are just incredible two or three plays where he's like doing things that even including Josh, Josh just doesn't do they're different players. So this isn't a slight of Josh. Josh is my guy. Josh is the MVP. Hopefully this year, hopefully he's the MVP of the Super Bowl. but we got to give credit where credit's due. 
Kyler Murray looks, he looks the part. He looks the part. The guy is amazing. He's fast. He's quick. He has a good arm. He's smart. He makes good decisions. He has the team 7-0. and 7-0. and This week, Aaron Rodgers comes out. You know, Green Bay Packers come out, and they, they go up against Kyler Murray. They're missing, at least it looks like they're going to miss uh, Devontae Adams. COVID-related issues, their defensive coordinator, COVID-related issues. Um, so I, I, I expect that list to, to grow um, by the time Thursday night rolls around. I'm hoping that guys are available. I'm hoping that guys can play. But I'm going to tell you, all the reports coming out don't make it look good for Green Bay. So, again, Kyler Murray may go into another week undefeated, 8-0, 8-0. And he's doing things. <clears throat> I put up Josh's stats. Let me pull up Kyler Murray's stats. Um, a lot of people in Buffalo and a lot of people watching this probably won't necessarily um, like that I pick him for this over Josh, but but man. Now he has a couple more interceptions than Josh. He's 17 and 5, uh, but he's 73% completion percentage, 2,000 yards. He's had an extra game. Josh has already had his bye. So he's had an extra game, but I'm going to just tell you, he's on par to do the same things that Josh is doing. Josh has, like I said, a couple less interceptions. Um, I didn't look at the rushing stats for either one of those guys, but uh, both of those guys are elusive. Both those guys get out the backfield and, and make some problems for the other team. Got to give him his props. Still going Tom Brady up there too. Is he not incredible? Like what the heck is going on with this dude? He's like 49 years old and he's just out here killing, just doing stuff, doing stuff. <sighs> Real quick, I want to take a moment. Let me um shout out 26 shirts. My guy Dale Reed, um Bill's Mafia fam, everybody. Uh we're doing, y'all know at the end of all my shows, I always say, uh, take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills. We do that every week, right? So um we have a special edition, stay positive, test, test negative shirt going. This is available for another week. We're going to the second on this. Look, we're trying to do a good thing. We're trying to raise some money for crisis services. Crisis services specialize in, in assisting people who, who suffer from substance abuse, whether it be alcoholism or, or any other substances, um, depression, mental illnesses, uh, all those things. Suicide Watch, they, they are there, and there's a ton of resources. We're looking to raise some money for them and do something nice for some folk. Um, we got some other announcements coming up, but do me a favor. Go ahead and head over to 26 shirts. Go ahead and grab that shirt. It's not for me. I do not make a dime on these things. We are no Dale story. Dale Reed and 26 shirts. They do not really profit off this stuff. This money is going towards the crisis services of Buffalo. Uh, let's go ahead and support. Let's do that. Let's make that thing right. Hopefully mine will get here. Well, it ends the second. So I get mine after it ends. I can't wait to, I got the hoodie. Y'all know how I do with the hoodies. Got one on now. So another thing I want to shout out real quick. Um, these just in case bags, I already talked about them a bunch of times, but these just in case bags, go to justincasebags.net. We got something for everybody. Got something for the ladies, got something for the fellas. Y'all see the shirts. I got the red zaddy joint. I got the King. There's some Buffalo bills theme. We got some colors. Y'all see how we switched the colors up on y'all go ahead and head over there. The just in case bags are great. We have something for everybody just in case you're leaving the gym, just in case you need to freshen up after work when you're going to a mixer or something like that. Uh, we got something for you. Also, got a little sneaky link. You out at the club on the weekends or you leaving the Bills games, got something going on, go ahead and get it just in case bags, have them on set, have them on deck for you. So when you get out there, you got everything like you need it. Um, back to this. Now, this weekend, 
this weekend we're going up against the Miami Dolphins. It's it's uh it's Father's Day weekend again. We get we get two Father's Days during this during the season, and then we get one obviously um you know during the spring summerish time. But the Miami Dolphins come to see their dad, and then dad goes to see the Miami Dolphins. So Josh Allen going up against the Miami Dolphins this week, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope to see the same things that we've seen. Hope to see the same things we've seen. One of the things that um the things that that are in the news right now is that the Miami Dolphins are still one of the teams, the top teams that are in this conversation um, as far as Deshaun Watson. Whatever your opinion is about Deshaun Watson, the thing is, I can't understand why any franchise at this point, um, at least knowing what we feel like we know. If Deshaun Watson is innocent, that's one thing. If he's guilty, it's looking a whole lot like he's guilty. Now, I can't come out and say that, and I won't come out and say that because it's not right for me to come out and say that. Uh, we we live in a society where it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And, and for a long time, a lot of times, especially athletes, men of color, were not given that, we were not afforded that opportunity to be uh, looked at as innocent until proven guilty. So I'm not going to turn around and sit here and proclaim that Deshaun Watson is guilty. What I will say is um, the reports when they first came out were alarming. They're still alarming. And if you've watched any of the, the personal testimonies, it's just tough. It's tough to understand why Deshaun Watson isn't on the commissioner's exempt list or why um, he is not suspended. I understand that he's been inactive, but it's tough to understand uh, why he's not suspended. When you look back a few years ago and you look at um, Zeke's situation, look at Zeke from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Ed Oliver was pretty much going to be suspended for way less. They thought that he was driving intoxicated and he wasn't. There's so many stories from around the league from years ago that I can pull up and just talk about. And you have 20 plus women coming out saying these things about this guy. And the stories seem very similar and these women didn't know each other. Again, I'm not that dude and I can't be that dude to come out and be like, yo, this guy is guilty. But what real NFL franchise would come out and spend three first round draft picks plus extra capital. I I feel like three first round draft picks was the starting point to the conversation. And the way this is the way this is going by next week, they're saying Deshaun Watson is going to end up in Miami. Now shout out to my guy, Marcel. Um, He's down in Miami now and he's saying that everything that from inside that organization, they're saying that these rumors are false. But somebody on the Texas, somebody in, down in Houston wants these things to get out there. So they're leaking these stories. There's a ton of Deshaun Watson stories this week, this last week, week and a half. There's a ton of them. Aside from desperation, I, I don't understand this. Deshaun Watson is a very good football player. When he's active and he's on the field, top five quarterback, Top four, top three. He's up there. Top five. It's it's a crowded, 
luckily right now we're, we're in a place at, with the league where you have very, very, very good quarterback play. You got the Josh Allens of the world and Patrick Mahomes, even though he's not playing well. You got Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, who I just mentioned as an MVP candidate, Lamar Jackson. You have Justin Herbert. You have, you know, so you have guys at the top. It's top heavy, which is good. It's not always top heavy. For a long time there was Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. You had the three. Some people want to throw Rivers in there. Eh. You got the three. Now, it, it seems like for a long time, you're going to have to. There, there were years where it was multiple teams looking for a guy. Now, Cam Newton can't find a job. He's not as good. He, he's done. I think, I think he's done. And it pains me to say that. He's done. But he can't find a job because teams have quarterbacks. Like, quarterbacks are there now. Uh, and, and the teams that kind of sort of have question marks at, at quarterback have recently drafted a guy. You got Justin Fields. You got uh, Trey Lance. You you got, you know, Jalen Hurts. You got all these young guys. So you got quarterback play. Deshaun Watson, out of all of that, when he's on the field and, he, and you're taking all this off-field stuff, taking it away, Deshaun Watson is a very good quarterback. Got into a debate last season with a lot of people about, you know, there was a thing that went out i think it was buffalo fanatics and then it was uh ej from um i don't know if he's pff now i don't know who he's with he 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 yells at me when i say pff so i'm not gonna say it but i just said it um i think a couple of them had the thing where they said hey i'd take deshaun watson straight up for josh allen right now wouldn't be me couldn't be me there was a bunch of them last year that that said they would take deshaun watson for Josh Allen. Couldn't and wouldn't be me. Deshaun is good. And if he goes to Miami, he will make a difference on that team. They're a quarterback short. Tua Tungavailoa is a, is a decent quarterback. He's not who we thought he would be coming out of the draft. Everybody thought, oh, he's pro-ready. He should be here. He should. He's not. He's not. I don't think he was fully healthy last season. And then this year, I just, you know, when you watch him, now he had a good game Sunday. He played very well Sunday. Four touchdowns but two interceptions <laughs> and it still looked indecisive at times. He still looks tentative, but that's okay. I, I don't need him to be great. He plays from, from Miami. The point is they're a quarterback away. So I understand from a talent perspective, yo, let's go get, let's go get to Sean Watson. But what franchise is willing to cripple themselves besides the one that he just left or that he's trying to leave. Three first-round draft picks, a couple second-rounders, and players? Who's Deshaun going to play with at that point? Because I'm sure Houston's going to want something back. They gonna Aside from the picks, they're going to want players too. And then if he doesn't end up being guilty, say he doesn't do jail time, he doesn't get suspended, Three years of first and second round draft picks. What is this? What is the draft day? The movie? Three years. You're trading away the team's future. Now, granted, some teams have good scouting departments. I'm going to tell you what, as much as I love Brandon Bain and I trust him and I trust the process and everything that we've doing, he and he and Coach McDiddy, I don't want to see Brandon Bean on this team for three years without a first-round draft pick. I was all right with getting Stephon Diggs. 
I'm not okay with doing it for one player for three years who we aren't sure will be on the field. Brandon Bean's a wizard. He's a genius. He did. He got. He got Stefan Diggs, and he gave up some capital that some people complained about. But the return on it, I'm gonna tell you, regardless of what you say, the return on it is dope. You couldn't ask for a better situation for Josh Allen. He has a best friend and a good teammate. You have a guy that, even though he was labeled a diva, even though he was labeled all this stuff, you have a guy that is pretty awesome. He comes here and he's taken on the the community. He's taken on the identity of the team. He loves Josh Allen. He loves the community. He loves the team. He's a good leader. Got his first captain status. Should have been a captain, apparently. But you got this guy that this is this is that's one year. <laughs> you don't give away three. That's what the Texans did. That's why the Texans are still bad. They traded away their best player. They traded away draft picks for players that wasn't worth the draft picks. You got offensive linemen that they traded for that just weren't quite. I don't know, man. I don't know. Not you're not gonna you're not gonna make me believe <laughs> that it's a smart move, unless the league knows something I don't know, which they typically do. Because I don't, I'm not in, I'm not privy to a lot of those conversations. Uh, last week, I read a report that said that the commissioner was down in Miami having these discussions. So I'm sure they have answers to questions that we have that we don't have the answers to yet. Because it just still baffles me. Like, I'm sure it baffles a lot of you. There's nobody in their right mind. I wouldn't do this deal on Madden. I wouldn't do this deal on Madden if if you have injuries and all that stuff on and you mean to tell me I'm doing a franchise and I'm trading away my guys and I get Deshaun Watson for my franchise mode and for three years on that franchise, I still can't play with him. Five years on that franchise, I might as well. No. Mm-mm. And I can't draft. Not that the draft in Madden to me matters as much because you got to develop your guys anyway. Like they come in and they're not good. But no, I'm not making this trade on Madden. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But heading into this weekend, we got a repeat of what we saw week two. Uh, the Buffalo Bills got to Tua Tungavailoa very, very early and often. We we got him hurt. Unfortunately, he got injured. He's back. He's back. I hope he can stay healthy throughout this game. I hope to see, I hope it's a good game, actually. Um, I don't want it to be a blowout. I don't want it to be a, a repeat of week two. Um, I want to beat them, and I want to beat them bad. But I want some good football. I, I'm actually um, I'm looking for the Bills to come out angry. I'm looking for the Bills to come out motivated. But I want Miami to act like they're an NFL team. I want them to act like they're not a Pop Warner team that they've shown us that they've been the last few seasons. That's what I'm looking forward to. Last year, we beat them when we didn't have anything to lose or really anything to win. <laughs> they had everything to lose. They could have made the playoffs, and they, they, they rolled over and played dead. My dog don't play dead that well. And they rolled over and gave the game to the, to the backups, to the second units. They let Matt Barkley go in there and dominate. My man Isaiah McKenzie went in there and looked like Jerry Rice. Ask me if you heard about him. If you ain't heard about him, ask me. I'm going to tell you. He went in there and looked like Jerry Rice in week 17 last year. 
I need them to, I need them to grow up. Put the big boy pants on and act like y'all want to play in the NFL. It's the AFC East. I said yesterday, somebody somebody tried to tell me I was wrong. Um, don't be arrogant. You're talking too much crap. Miami's a division rival. New Jersey Jets are division rivals. The New England Patriots are division rivals. I've been talking crap. I'm 35 years old. I've been talking crap for the better part of 25, 27 years. And during those 20 years, 25 years, the Bills weren't good for most of them. And I used to get dragged. I used to get dismissed from conversations because the team wasn't good or the team hasn't won anything. But I participated. I took those lumps because I'm loyal, just like a lot of you did. A lot of you Bills fans are loyal. And you would take all of those negative comments that when they people would talk and laugh about the team. Oh, well, we lost four Super Bowls. <laughs> I hear it. Every, we still hear it. We still hear it. Because now people are mad that their team isn't good. And all they have is, oh, yeah, we won the Super Bowl in 1974. Bro, you weren't even alive. I am not apologizing anymore for enjoying this moment. The Buffalo Bills are the team to beat in the AFC. And after this run that they're about to go on, they're about to show that they're the team to beat in the NFL, period. Period. Let's pull up the schedule here. Let's pull up the schedule here because the Buffalo Bills are, are, um, are in prime position to get that home field advantage that, that we always have wanted. So but last season, I'm not saying that we were the better team because clearly Kansas City was. It's the reason why they beat us. But home field advantage would have made a difference. It would have made a difference. Let's look at this. So we got the Dolphins coming up. I take that as a dub. Got the Jaguars coming up. I take that as a dub. We got the Jets coming up. I take that as a dub. The Colts, I think, should be a dub. But we have an issue typically with teams who run the ball well. I'm not sure if everybody is aware of this. Jonathan Taylor happens to be a stud. Jonathan Taylor happens to be a stud. He's a beast. Now, I don't think we're going to lose that game. I think we should win that game. I just don't want to. That's a game that that could potentially be trapped. We should win that game. Then for Thanksgiving. K-Gun and everybody else who loves New Orleans. I know um, my man Los and. Justin and everybody's going. Uh, we're going against the Saints. That's a dub. The Patriots should be a dub. I don't trust rookie quarterbacks. Now I'm really talking like Sonny Weaver Jr. I don't trust rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> um, Buccaneers, December 12th. That one is a toss-up. That one's tough. We should beat the Panthers. Again, with the Patriots, we should beat the Falcons. We should beat the Jets. I'm hearing one in a possible L right there. So two possibles. If you play in spades and, and you only got two possibles, I don't need you on my team. But for the rest of this season, I see two possible L's there. I see possible W's everywhere. I'm confident going into the second half of the season. I'm super confident. I don't I don't I don't have one ounce of negativity towards the team from that loss last week. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not mad, upset. I'm not 
in my feelings about it. None of it. None of it. Every once in a while, it's good to have a chin check. I know some people think, well, week one was a chin check. I don't think week one was a chin check. I think week one, the team wasn't quite ready. It could, it could be that we was filling ourselves with the media attention and stuff, but I think a shortened preseason, it's not an excuse. The other team came in and won. I don't want excuses. We lost two games. I feel very good about the rest of this year. I feel very good about the rest of this year. Yeah, and I'm I'm underestimating the Patriots. Definitely writing off the Jets. I'm not the team, so I can do this. I can talk crap. Y'all can, you know, I'm not trying to give bulletin board material to teams. I'm not I'm not a player. But any of you content creators that want to come on here and talk some mess, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I'm not the one you want to do it with. Cause my boys is coming in smacking everybody. We smacking everybody. Yeah. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, the Hump Day Hotline is back. Me and my man Joe Miller, we're going to bring the heat back like we've been doing. We we took last week off with the bye week. It, like I said, some well-deserved rest time. Joe been killing it. Have y'all been catching time to shine? And um, I don't know why I always forget. He has 87 shows, so I always forget all of the names. But he and John Fina have one of the best shows out there. John Fina's insight on all of this stuff. Let me just tell y'all. Granted, granted, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning is dope. Having Tom Brady on there and stuff is dope. But as far as Bill's content, when you want to break down what these Bill's players are doing from a perspective of a guy who's played, John Fina is second to none. I'm telling you, he I feel smarter every single week after I listen to those guys shows. Joe Miller killing it. He's killing the game. My man, Bruce Nolan, killing the game. But he always has. Do we expect anything less? Nick Geary joining him on Friday nights for um, I keep forgetting it, food for thought. And then I got I got my chop up crew every Saturday night. Join us again Saturday night for the chop up 9 p.m. We got some new announcements too. It's some new it's some new podcasts. I don't I didn't I didn't print the list to read them off. So I, I'll I'll make that announcement. We'll try to make sure Wednesday tomorrow night we we acknowledge uh, the new pod on Buffalo Rumblings. It's exciting times, man. It's exciting times. We got a lot of good content coming up. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cut this one short. I'm gonna cut it short. We're going to get on out of here. Like I said, do me a favor to go ahead and check out that 26, 26 shirt special edition stay positive test negative shirt is going on through the second. So we got this week and next week. You know what? There is one more thing I do want to say. It's the end of the night. It's Tuesday. So day is pretty much over. I am hoping and I'm praying that everybody in Buffalo got out to vote. Actually, I'm tripping. That's next week. <laughs> That's next week. I'm tripping. So with that being the case, I'm going to say it like this. Make sure next Tuesday you get out to vote in the election for mayor. I'm not endorsing publicly anybody. Um, I grew up. I grew up. Close to the family of Byron Brown. I have a love for Byron Brown as a person. Um, I was supposed to interview Miss India Walton on this show, and I didn't I didn't do so. Um, the reason why I didn't do so is not because I dislike her or not because I don't want to endorse or whatever. 
Um, I actually like India very much. I actually like Byron as a person very much. I actually, um, I, I didn't, I didn't go through with the interview because I don't want to turn my show into what I ended up hating out of ESPN. So ESPN as a network has always been like the top, right? And Jamel Hill and a few others have really over the course of time turned the network into a very political platform. Um, they're sports. They talk sports, but they they get those politics in there. And the thing is, as a fan, it bothered me because I will go to ESPN for that getaway because there's there's always there's politics everywhere. There's politics when I go to work. There's politics on TV. There's politics on the radio. There's politics everywhere I go. There's politics. So when I when I turn on the football game or when I turn on the basketball game and then I want to go and I want to watch my favorite personalities talk about these games and sports after. That's what I want to hear. I want to talk, hear analysis on why Josh Allen was able to jump over and hurdle guys that other guys can't even get around. That's what I want to talk about. So I didn't take, I didn't, I didn't do the the India interview for that reason. Um, But, but I will say this election is very important. It is one of the most important elections in recent history for Buffalo. Um, Look, there's, there's time there. There is time for everything. Right now is the time to make your voice heard. And I leave it at that. There's time for everything. And right now is the time to make your voice heard. So if you can, please make sure next Tuesday, next Tuesday, please make sure you get out to vote early and often. Get out to vote. Get out to vote. If you don't know where you're registered to vote at, like if you don't know your polling place, find out. Go online. I'll tweet out a link later. Get out and vote. Please get out and vote. I'm no longer in the city of Buffalo, but I love the city of Buffalo so much. I do. And if there's a there's a small part of me that has a little bit of regret back in the day, um, I ran for council member or I was preparing to run for council member had some things happen as far as my music career at the time ended up doing a, a tour. So I didn't run, but I love the city so much. I love Buffalo so much that uh, politics is very, very much within my, it, it's, it's in me. Um, my sister is a city court judge. Um, I grew up in the church. It was a lot of things that I did that was very political for the city. A lot of the things that I'm doing right now, the fundraising, a lot of it is still in the same vein. Like it's, it's a lot of the things that I, I do. So there's a small part of regret for me as far as leaving the city, because I feel like there's so much work to be done and there's so much that we can do to benefit the city. I'm going to just say this year is a very, very, very important. It's an important election. Very important election. Get out and vote. So y'all know how I do it over here with the code of conduct. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills.